Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today's episode is a little bit more um, free talking, I guess. Um, And I'm kind of discussing a bit more about what it is that's going on in and around the homestead and some of the activities that I'm doing, um, but also some tips and tricks to help keep your garden growing through to fall. So let's dig in and get started. As the summer solstice has passed, the days are now definitely getting shorter, Um, but the plants are really starting to pick up growth. I'm trying to get more seeds successionally sown. I'm sowing things outside and even inside to help get plants in the ground ready for fall. Um, but I, I also think it's kind of important to sort of talk about some things that have been um, going well and some things that have not been going well uh, in today's episode. So let's talk about some things that have not gone well. And the first one is the lawnmowers have broken again um, and they're going to take a couple of weeks to fix and when you've got a lot of like weeds growing up in around your garden beds um, that's taking away a lot of the nutrients and stuff that my veggies and things are going to be needing Um, so some plants have definitely been showing stress Um, they've been getting less light because the weeds are getting bigger and a bit of well not a bit out of control they are out of control at this point but there are some really wonderful things that I have noticed that have popped up in the land since we haven't mowed and um, we have like wild rudbeckia or black eye susans that have come up we've got milkweed all over the place and I took a walk around the garden the other morning um, as I was sowing some seeds. Um, I was sowing some Swiss chard and stuff. And just, it smelled so wonderful. I could smell the the scent of the milkweed and it just smelled like honey. It was beautiful. And then I could hear all the bees starting to come in because it was warming up. And then later on in the day, there was all these beautiful um, butterflies that were showing up on the milkweed too. So by not mowing, I have been able to sort of help you know, the local um, pollinators, which was really, really lovely. So it wasn't all doom and gloom. And that was kind of one of the things that, you know, I did want to sort of point out in today's episode is, you know, there are downs, but there's also some really great ups and choosing to, you know, look at those things that, you know, have gone well and having that moment of gratitude for, you know, well, you know, this happened, but I wouldn't have been able to see all of these beautiful butterflies if I had cut things down. I wouldn't have been able to smell all this wonderful milkweed if we'd mown everything. Like I never knew how wonderfully scented milkweed was until that moment. So um, I did just want to kind of throw that out there as well. So let's talk about some other things that have not quite gone to plan on the homestead. Um, I have spotted some weird and wonderful beetles. I found out they are Japanese beetles, so that is something that I definitely need to start looking at methods of controlling. Um, We've gotten some dog fencing put in, so now their dogs can go from the back door and into the run safely, Um, whereas before it was kind of open, so you're kind of having, like, I was having to herd the border collies rather than the border collies herding everything else. Um, But I was having to kind of make sure that the dogs were going into the pen because we've had a few instances of where the dog 
you know one dog in particular i'm looking at you sparky um didn't want to go in the pen but wanted to go trotting off around um the rest of the property and given that we have some various uh critters in and around um the homestead that we do not want the dogs tangling with and um, that's not necessarily a good idea so having this kind of run put in you know for them to get to the pen um where all their toys are they can go potty all of that stuff a lot more safely um that's definitely giving me peace of mind and it's also great for you know when i've got the contractors over you know at the house and stuff and you know they're tearing down the barn and doing some clear up hopefully this week um and having that there means that i don't need to worry about you know oh the dogs are gonna go over um you know where they're moving all of this you know heavy and dangerous equipment and stuff like that um which means that it's a lot quicker than having to take each dog out individually on a on a leash so that is definitely a bonus for me right it's time saving um the time that it took to put in the run and the fencing has definitely like you know paid for itself in dividends from um you know having that time back um also some great things that have happened have been i have been able to crochet some gifts for the holidays and i've been working on um various blankets for kids going into foster care because i'm really you know it's important to me to be able to support you know things locally within my community so i've been working on doing that i've also found my fermenting stuff so i can get back into making sauerkraut and kimchi and other deliciousness that is fermented um, we found our home brewing kits the other day you know like the the equipment and stuff so even better and certainly as the weather starts to get cooler um that is definitely when we start to want to get brewing beer and things again so that was really exciting to find those um but the best thing this week actually has been the dogs playing in a ball pit um our new puppy magellan yes he's named after the space probe that went to venus um he dives into that ball pit head first with such an expression of utter happiness and excitement it's really hard not to laugh and smile when he does it so it doesn't really matter like what's been going on whether it's been you know not so good or terrible and very stressful and stuff just watching that dog diving into the ball pit just for that moment everything's all good <laughs> let's talk about some other things that have been going well the established herb garden growing really well i've been harvesting mint lemon balm lavender savory thyme oregano um i think i found a curry plant in there and i've definitely found some rue um there's also some lovage that i found growing and what i think might be sweet sicily i thought it might be chervil but i think it's sweet sicily um so definitely got a lot of things coming out of there and i've actually enjoyed a number of homegrown herbal teas over the last week um which is really great because herbal teas like organic herbal teas are really expensive for like 10 tea bags um and i can just harvest it right out of the garden whilst the puppies are taking a potty break like the puppies are not in the the same space as the herb garden um but some of the herbs have grown so tall that it's really easy for me to reach over you know the four foot fence and be able to you know pick some stuff and then take it inside and make it into a tea so that's been really really good um the compost pile 
is really building and it is getting ready for a turn um i have been shredding lots and lots of junk mail so i've got plenty of um carbon rich materials to get added to that and the plan is for the composters if we can get enough of it um you know made between now and winter um then we're going to be spreading it before winter and of course one of the tips to get your compost um you know matured quicker is to turn it every really every week is going to help introduce that water um and air and you want to be able to make sure things are moist all the way through um but the air is really important to help those microbes start breaking things down and that's what's going to start your compost getting warmer um which will then help convert everything a lot faster now speaking of winter let's talk about the garden and some fall preparation because we're at that time of year and certainly back in utah you know i was harvesting lettuces and beans and greens and you know seeing tomatoes starting to ripen and getting the first peppers um around this time like i wasn't necessarily worried about getting plants in for fall until august but here it's very different um i've got you know a lot shorter season so you know really after getting everything in ready for the summer i'm then getting things in again for fall so i found that having plants starting for fall outside like directly sown outside like broccoli mustards cabbage kale and swiss chard has not worked for me and actually my turnips and beets have just been ravaged by by stuff but um more importantly it's really been fluctuating weather um that has meant that fewer seeds have come up because it's been kind of hot and dry and i don't have irrigation down at the garden the irrigation is me lugging a five gallon jerry can full of water um you know across three acres basically is what i'm having to do um so that means that they don't get watered as often as they should which is why i started going down this land race um you know kind of project early on because i knew that there wasn't going to be any irrigation down in the garden and if we hook up um you know the water because we've only got one well um we're going to be you know getting like i don't know 400 foot plus um of hosing to basically run things down the garden and then you've got all that additional overwork on the pump and stuff to take into consideration and i don't really want to deal with that right now um i've got other more pressing things that need to be dealt with um on the house and the homestead so until you know i get those things done um irrigation is when the rain comes and when i am able to you know lug that water down there and give things a water so you know because of that there's definitely been fewer seeds that have come up and the ones that have come up unfortunately between the deer the voles the groundhogs and the porcupine there's been a few critters that have been eating my garden this year um so in actual fact i talked to a couple of local farms because i hit up the local farmers market um you know just to kind of see what was what was going on there and i was able to squeeze in and get on their csa program to help cover you know basically what i've lost uh, to the critters from the garden um so that that was really good and actually that's a really great tip for you if you're not getting um as many things coming out of the garden then see about you know what's locally available at a farmer's market and stuff because you know sometimes things are 
work out to be cheaper especially if you're buying things in bulk directly from the farmer but you're also supporting local community and um, you're supporting you know the the growth of you know other people in your area and stuff which is always a good thing um but also ha getting to know your local farmers and stuff as well you can start to kind of build that relationship and foster that bond of you know well how, how do you grow some of these things like what grows well for you and start having some of those conversations um so i was able to get in and join a csa and a csa is community supported agriculture and there's there's different kind of models that are set up for community supported agriculture depending on where you live and um, the most common is that you buy a share and it's usually at a set price and you usually buy them before the season starts and what you do is by giving the farmer the money up front they're able to you know get the seeds and things that they need or you know other stuff that's needed on the farm right they're going to be able to pay for labor to help harvest things right you're giving them the money ahead of time so they can put things in place it also means from the farmer's perspective that they're going to be able to know okay i have 15 csa shares this year and that means that i'm going to need this amount of seed i'm going to need this amount of labor to help harvest things i'm going to need you know the soil amendments to be able to grow this kind of stuff right it helps helps with that side of things as well and usually what happens is when you get your csa share you'll then be given information about when you can expect to pick up a box you know where you can get them some um, farmers deliver them locally others there's like you know certain places where you can go and pick them up you know it might be in um i don't know like a, a parking lot somewhere i've seen that before um other times you can pick them up on the you know on the farm sometimes it's at a farmer's market where you can go pick up your csa shares there um but each week there will be either like a surprise box of whatever's in season and for some some csas the farmers will post ahead of time like before you purchase that share like these are the plants that i'm planning on growing these are the varieties and this is what you can expect in a box right um others have more of like a, a farm store kind of credit kind of thing where you pay them a share of x amount of dollars and then throughout the growing season you basically buy from that credit that you've built up right you've kind of got like a store credit right so let's say it's a hundred bucks and then you choose off the list like this is the things that are going you know this this is what's in season right now this is what's available choose off this list and you know you work through that balance so i don't know let's say that you've got like a pint of peas and it's seven dollars and you know a head of lettuce is three dollars right that's ten dollars right there for that week so that would come out of that hundred dollars that you'd already paid to the farmer so you know your balance the next week would be $90 right and work it down that way there's there's different models for each farmer each farmer does it a little bit differently but there's also different variety and things that are available so I definitely would recommend checking out a CSA and seeing if there's anything available to you even if it's too late for you now and you're not able to squeeze in with a local CSA knowing 
you know what's there and sort of talking to the farmers by going to the farmers market you can still pick up produce at the farmers market and what i certainly found from talking with various farmers is they usually grow a lot more than what they have you know csa shareholders for um because they can then sell things at the farmers market as well making an additional income that way so you know either going to the farmer's market or getting a CSA, you're helping support your local farmer. And where would we be without our local farmers, right? Like it's the farmers that are providing um, the food that we eat. So um, it's always good to get things that are local too, because you often are saving costs right associated with shipping and things like that getting it from the grocery store right you know things are coming from mexico or they're coming from california or you know they're coming where you know a climate is a lot milder and they're able to grow year round right versus you know people that have much shorter growing seasons so that's definitely a good tip um that i've learned is to you know edge your bets and see about um you know getting food locally as well um some of the other things that i i wanted to touch on that have been growing well for me in the garden really surprisingly has been the amaranth um i was super surprised about how well that's been growing and i've never grown amaranth before um i'm growing it alongside sweet corn and the corn's doing very well too as are some of the winter breeding leeks not all of them are growing well but some of them are um potatoes are looking very good although we've started to see some signs of blight on some varieties but on the whole doing very well the the deer have eaten some of the potatoes um so if you're reading something that says that potatoes are deer resistant let me tell you they are not and um the tomatoes are doing very very well and for those of you that are part of the facebook group you will probably have seen that i posted a bunch of pictures about how that tomato land race project is going because they there's been some you know significant differences in how all of these 50 varieties of tomatoes that i've been growing and of course this is the first year in this land race development project so if you're interested in growing a land race and seeing kind of how that pans out over the next few years then you know the the facebook group is uh where i'm posting a lot of stuff about that um however if you think it's something that you would like to see more on the blog and kind of read about it there um then let me know that would uh that'd be great i wouldn't mind um posting about it there as well um so lots of things have been actually growing very well i mean yes weeds have been taking over yes critters have eaten a lot of stuff um i have had you know a few handfuls of mustards mustards have been um you know the greens that have coming out of the garden i've not had any peas this year because the deer ate those as well um but you know the, there's been a lot that has done very very well um, and i was actually getting excited about harvesting garlic um and i went to check on it um after finding where it was growing like in amongst the weeds and i found that the garlic had been eaten which was a total surprise for me i have never had anything eat garlic out the garden before ever and i've grown garlic for oh my gosh i don't even know how many years 10 plus years i think and um yeah never had anything eat it out the garden until until i moved to maine um bravo maine bravo um you you have a whole 
different level of critters out here um but usually around august um is when you are going to start to see things like seed garlic coming available to buy because you plant it in fall um so definitely keep an eye out um you know if you've got you know signed up for email notifications from like your favorite seed suppliers and stuff like that um keep an eye on those and look for when their garlic is going to be um available for pre-order um and make sure that you you get it while while you can um i i love growing my own garlic um it has been one of the the best things that i ever learned to do in the garden and having fresh gar garlic like out of the ground um you know and still being able to harvest and eat the garlic like throughout winter that you've grown has just been really really awesome so i'm really sad um that i'm not going to be having it this year um unless of course it happens to be in the csa that um i'm getting but you know garlic's great and it's one of those things that you just plant out before you know the frosts and things get here you know you plant the whole cloves and it just sits in the ground over winter and then come spring everything grows and it's uh, relatively straightforward to grow most of the time um I'm going to be putting it into my new no dig beds um, to grow for next year. Um, so that's going to be really, really cool to see how that is going to work out. Um, I'm also right now sowing beets. I'm sowing carrots. I'm sowing Swiss chard, turnips, lettuce, um, spinach. I don't know if I mentioned spinach already. Um, bush beans again for snap and green beans. I'm sowing peas to try and get a crop in for fall. Uh, collards, mustards, Asian greens like bok choy, pak choy, tatsoi, mitsuna, like all of those things um, I absolutely love and they thrive in those cooler temperatures. Um, green onions, also known as spring onions or scallions, um, those are good to grow this time of year as well. Um, I'm also going to be trying fava beans or broad beans again and zucchini in the hopes that I can get a harvest of those before fall. Um, I really have until the end of this month and this is being recorded in july um beginning of july i think when yeah yeah beginning of july <laughs> when this this is going out and um you know I, I don't have a lot of time to get things in um before it's too late because you need to have enough time for these plants to be able to establish and grow before that first frost and fall comes obviously if you live somewhere where it is hotter and you have a much milder winter then you can wait a bit longer you can be looking towards end of august or even end of september in some cases um before your fall garden needs to be going in so it's not a lot of time and of course summer is when there's so many other things going on that you want to be doing like maybe you want to be out hiking or swimming or camping or fishing and stuff right all those fun activities you know making memories and things throughout the summer um so there's there's a lot of things that are going on certainly because of the the critter problem and my newfound uh, pest problem um I am going to be looking to use some floating row covers to protect these fall plants that are going into the garden and hope that it's going to deter the critters from them as well as the pests. Um, and I'm probably going to be confining my fall garden to one separate bed and see how that's going to grow. So that's kind of my plan for fall is just seeing how that's going to, to roll. And 
I think it's important for me to kind of share what some of these things going on have been because I always say that the first year gardening is the hardest and it is because you're trying to you know figure out what your seasons are how things typically move around the property what some of the pests are when do they come you know what some of the diseases are when do they come right and figuring all of this this out along with you know getting your plants out and what varieties are doing better so the first year is always going to be the hardest but don't be deterred by it because you're not alone when things don't work out in the garden and i don't know a gardener who ever says like oh everything was perfect this year like everything grew really well like there's always something that never quite grows very well or you know maybe there was a pest that happened or you know nothing ever seems to be perfect all of the time in in a garden so you're not alone especially if you're a beginner gardener you're not alone if things are not growing well and i don't believe that you know like people say like oh i don't have a green thumb like I, everybody everybody can grow it just takes practice and it takes a little patience too um this fall of course we've got a slightly more urgent task of putting in the deer fencing um and that is so that next year's garden will have fewer visits from the deer so we can actually start to build on some of the successes that we've had in the garden and be able to actually start getting more produce from the garden so that's why fencing has become slightly more urgent um on the scale of things to do on the around the homestead um we're also going to be looking to acquire more wood chips and mulch to convert the garden beds to no-till and getting cover crops in the ground to help hold the nutrients in the soil because after the lawnmowers have broken and stuff i have seen how fast the weeds can take over and the only beds that have not had weeds coming up left right and center and taking them back over um into the pasture again have been the no dig beds um so i'm going to be moving everything to that no no dig no till um kind of methodology and i think that's what's going to work very well for this garden in the future and also um what i've found is after growing out almost everything in my seed stash i have found that a lot of my seeds have been have lost viability from moving from utah seeds got hot during the move um we were moving for about three weeks um like it took a week for us to drive over um but then we were kind of in temporary accommodation kind of situations until you know the purchasing of the house and everything came through and because of that seeds got hot um they were in a window like things just didn't you know th there was no convenient place to protect them from temperature fluctuations and stuff anywhere um so because of that they've lost the viability um from getting too hot right seeds like things to be cool they like things to be dry um and unfortunately um you know when you lose the viability in the seed it means that you know not as many things come up um so aside from you know the the critters and things getting in it being like quite a dry season very challenging for things to come up on top of that um there's a low viability issue with some of the seeds so my husband came up with a great idea um since we're moving to a land race homestead he suggested putting the seeds together in glass jars to store in the basement now i don't mean like 
mixing all of the seeds together so you got melons mixed in with lettuce and then everything's all together and we're just going to throw that out there and see what grows no 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 not not at all um but kind of putting certain seeds together so like determinate tomato varieties go in one jar or maybe it's all the paste tomatoes in one jar or the butternut squash varieties are in you know another jar and then the i don't know halloween pumpkin squashes are in another jar right green zucchinis in one jar yellow zucchinis in another jar maybe it's all the yellow slicing tomatoes go in a jar and you know yellow cherry tomatoes are in another jar and blue cherry tomatoes are in another one right maybe it's snap peas in one jar shelling peas in another you get the idea right and I might actually do that. I'm kind of tempted. And here's why. Because it doesn't matter what the variety is for our homestead. What matters is that it thrives in the climate and on the land. And it's delicious. We like the taste of it. It will, you know, it will be eaten, right? If it tastes good, it will be eaten. And if it makes it that far, growing out on the farm, right? Um, you know, when we're able to harvest something that tastes good, great. If it doesn't grow, that's that's okay, right if it was yummy we'll save save the seed right so it doesn't really matter what the variety is particularly because you know we're going to be saving those seeds from things that taste great and we're expecting to see you know things are going to change and look a little different as we're making those selections right we're making those choices as we're saving seed right um but there's a few reasons that we might or that I don't want to mix the seeds, right? And some of those are really, you know, wanting to preserve those varieties, right? They may be of historical or cultural significance and we want to keep those, um, you know, separate. They might be super rare varieties that few people have. And if we move to, you know, not preserving those and saving seed from them and, you know, having things, you know, cross... Um, we're not going to be able to get those seeds back, right? You you kind of losing things in the diversity. So on one hand, the diversity is really great because you're able to, you know, ensure that you've got things that are thriving and growing on the land. But on the other side, you know, there there is, you know, a sacrifice being made and that is losing, you know, some of those, those varieties. Um, so that's kind of interesting and i have actually seen heirloom seed producers asking their customers for seeds back on certain varieties um there was there was one that was this year and i think um the seed that they had was lost due to unforeseen circumstances i can't remember if it was a, a flood or a fire damaging their seeds or something um but they basically put a plea out on their social media asking for this particular variety and if any customers had any seed left could they send some of it back to them so they can then grow out and um, preserve that seed so you know that I was kind of hesitant to uh, you know abandon all um, of the varieties and mix everything um, and the other hesitation doing it is because when I grow up I kind of want to grow and save seeds um, although I'm growing and saving seeds right now anyway in the 
um, land race homestead that we're doing um, but I, I actually would like to grow heirlooms and support preservation of those varieties and I know that's quite a shock for many of you to to hear that but it's it's true um, one of those drivers for us getting acreage was because I wanted to be able to do that now right now with working full-time and us getting the lay of the land and how the seasons operate yada 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 right that's not going to be something I can really pursue for a few years but it is something that I would like to do. Now, granted, for the most part, because I'm wanting a land race homestead, I'm not trying to, you know, save particular varieties of seed, right? I mean, there's there's not a lot of like isolation that's going on in terms of like protecting different varieties from cross-pollinating. So I'm I'm really kind of curious to to hear from you. Like would you go all in on a land raised homestead and mix the seeds or would you keep them separate? And I will let you know later in the season what I decided to do. Until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully. I would love to see pictures of how your gardens are growing over in the Facebook group. So I will see you there if you are in the Facebook group. And if not, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I'll see you all next week.